You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning to everybody, or good afternoon, depending on where you are living at this very moment. By me here in sunny Southern California, it is 9 o'clock straight up. And for you in the East, it is noontime. And you are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And I am here for you, answering your questions. Help that wonderful bond you have with your pets. If it needs to be stronger, let's help it get that way. Solve your problems. Save you some money on veterinary bills. Let's face it, we know it's very expensive to go to a veterinarian. Not many of you have insurance, though you should. It's available. You should all have pet insurance. I would recommend see your veterinarians and uh, ask about pet insurance. There's also some other options, people that can help pay. I know they do get expensive. But if you call in here at 877-385-8882 and sort of you can pick my brain, I will direct you in the right place. You know, it's amazing that my 31 years of experience does come in handy sometimes. And uh, a lot of times I can help you at least at least sort of develop a game plan, especially if your pet's having a major problem and your veterinarian wants to do a zillion tests. Let's sort of break it down. Let's talk about what are the most obvious things first. It's my favorite rule, the KISS rule. Keep it simple, stupid. Let's figure out just how to way to keep it simple and um, proceed accordingly. Uh, of course, we're here, and I want to thank our sponsors. Our sponsors are the ProSense Pet Products. Those are the OTC, over-the-counter products, developed by veterinarians and endorsed by veterinarians, and it's the closest thing you can find to that which your veterinarian offers at a fraction of the price. They're fantastic products. And of course, Kong, K-O-N-G Toys. They are ready and willing to send out a free Kong toy, as is ProSense, to anyone who calls, sent us a, a text, joins in on conversation here on Pet Life Radio. Just go on to the Ask the Vets tab with Dr. Jeff, and you can join right in on the conversation. There's a big box there. Just kind of sign on in. Or you can send me an email during the show live at Dr. Jeff, that's drjeff at petliferadio.com. But the easiest way to get a hold of us is just to call us. It's a freebie call, 877-385-8882. Last week, we had a special guest who's going to be coming back, Dr. Heather Lenzer. We sort of, you know, talked about some of her pet peeves. But one of the things we did talk about, wanting to talk about, but just didn't get there because we're only here for 30 minutes. And boy, does it go fast. And that is we wanted to talk about the upcoming insanity of Halloween. That's right. It's coming up really soon. This week, as a matter of fact. And so it's one of those things that we, you know, there are so many people that do take their dogs out and about, which is fine, but there are just so many precautions. And it's not just the candy. It's not just the wrappers, but there are more concerns that I have when it comes to Halloween and your pets, especially your dogs, but you know, cats as well. Let's start with the following. When you have a dog that goes nuts over a doorbell, and I'm sure many of you do, that doorbell is going off probably every several minutes, depending on where you live and how many kids come by your house. So, you got to be careful because your dog's going to be barking like crazy. A lot of dogs like to bolt. A lot of cats like to bolt. I mean, one of my newest cats, who is now just the most unbelievable homebody, but we found him as an outdoor stray, no ID, no microchip, no nothing. And a little skittish at first, but he would approach us and we, of course, fed him. 
And he said, oh, my God, this is great. I'm, I'm spending more time here because I'm getting this really good food. And he got to the point where we can pet him while he was eating. And before you know it, he's in our arms, take him into the, the hospital. That's when I found out he had no ID. He looked around. We put notices up. And this poor cat was truly an outdoor cat. Well, he is now uh, pushing 18 pounds. And he's big boned. Uh, he's not a fat so. I've had, I have one fat cat, but of my eight, but he's just a big cat. And when we first brought him inside, because we want to make him an indoor cat, because I have my issues here in Los Angeles between dogs, cars, coyotes, feline leukemia, feline AIDS. I did not want to have any of my cats outdoor cats. So they're all indoors. Anyway, every opportunity he had, he would bolt. So he was a bolter. And interestingly, he really didn't go very far. But now I can leave that door wide open. He doesn't even have any interest whatsoever in going outside. He has it so good here in the house. Why would he go outside? But anyway, cats do like to bolt. So that's another concern. So if you have the type of setup where that front door is going to open and close and you don't have another door like an entry hall or another way to keep your animals out, you might want to consider putting them in a different room, someplace where they can be behind a gate, a baby gate, or doors, or whatever. Let me give you another something else. This goes for both the kids that are coming to the house and those of you who like and think it's cute to take your dogs out with you as you take your kids trick-or-treating. Again, I have no problem with that, but I just feel like the need to give you some guidelines and have you take certain precautions. Now, I'm going to, again, take this back to one of my animals because I always learn from my animals. One of my Frenchies is insane in front of a television. It used to be just dogs. In fact, I have him, I'm going to put some YouTube of him up watching the Westminster Dog Show. It is the funniest thing in the world to watch him. If he could, he would jump into the TV. He tries, but it is hysterical. Now, it's sort of, he's graduated to not just other dogs or even other animals, but anything that is not human. It could be a puppet. It could be a Muppet. It could be a caricature. It could be a cartoon. He knows that if it's not the human shape, he is going to go nuts. So picture this. You have one such dog, a dog who's actually very good with kids, good with people, not a problem. But these kids coming to the door or these kids walking around outside in groups, and of course, it's already evening, it's dark, it's low light, and you don't see regular kids. No, you're seeing these weirdos dressed up in all sorts of costumes. And to a dog... All they know is they don't know what they are, but they know they're not people. And you got to remember another thing. Of all of the dog's key senses, most of them, unless they're sighthounds, their vision is the worst. Give them a nose. They destroy us. They have millions of receptors, something like 40 times the receptors in the nose that we do. Give them their hearing. Oh, it's amazing. Those ears are perking up. But when it comes to vision and especially vision in lower light, they don't pass the test as we do. They have a different, what we call a ratio of rods to cones. They do not see the acuity that we see, the sharpness. Now, they can see movement, which is good for their hunting skills. The analogy I give like this, if you had a person wearing a pinstripe, a faint pinstripe on their suit, for example, and a dog looked at this, say, navy blue suit with pinstripes, probably would not recognize the pinstripes, just would see that bluish and dogs do see in color. They don't see as well as we do. They don't have the reins that we do, but they definitely could see color. Now, they may not appreciate the pinstripes, but if one of those stripes should happen to move, they would pick it up in a heartbeat. So that's the difference. So what happens now is that you have these dogs, either people coming to the door, that they're kids, they sound like kids, 
but they don't look like kids, and they're outside and about, and you can have the sweetest dog on the planet, and he might see something that freaks him out, and if a kid comes over to your dog out on the street or comes up into the house, it wouldn't surprise me one iota if that dog, your dog, your sweet little dog, actually tries to snap or bite somebody. So I hear it time and time again. So it's very important to know your pets. If you have a dog that is at all what we call reactive, at all one who just kind of is going to just react quickly, you may not want that dog at the front door or that dog out with you and your kids when you're trick-or-treating. And uh, it's a very, very serious thing. So we have the precautions of dogs bolting. We have the precautions of dogs certainly are fearful of what's walking around out there. And I don't want any dogs sort of snapping. And also dogs, just anxiety. I mean, come on, that doorbell is ringing like a zillion times. So if you have that kind of dog, the farthest away you can put him, the better. You can put a sign up, please don't ring the doorbell, but knock. You can actually post yourself right at the door. And you don't even have to have the kids knock on the door. You can just be there. Uh, Of course, there's some people, depending on where you live, it never worked in our area, but they'll put that big bowl, you know, that bowl or that pumpkin-shaped container with all the candy in, and there's a note that says, please take one. Yeah, right. So anyway, if you live in that kind of place still, (laughs) then by all means, that's a great idea. And of course, if you are not going to participate, turn your porch lights off because that's one clue that kids have that, uh uh-oh, we're not going to that house. So anyway, the other thing, of course, we're always concerned about when it comes to Halloween, trick-or-treating, is that candy, is the candy wrapper. There are things that obviously dogs get a hold of. And we know that chocolate can be toxic. And raisins, for example, can be toxic. And maybe chocolate's a bit overrated and they'd have to eat a whole bunch and maybe by, you know, milk chocolate as much, you know, it doesn't have that same potency as a um, other forms, other types of chocolate. But if they get a hold of uh, a lot, it can be toxic. There's also a lot of fat in a lot of the candies. So it may not be the chocolate toxicity that's going to cause the problem, but it could be pancreatitis, which is probably worse than chocolate toxicity. I mean, so there are other concerns. And again, as adept the dogs are of eating this stuff, they are not that great at getting the wrappers off. So inevitably, when I see my dogs that get it to that which they shouldn't, and they either poop out or vomit up that which they've eaten, clearly, I'm going to see the wrappers along with them. And, you know, one of my Labradors is just the king. Even though he's 13 and a half, he cannot jump up on the counters anymore. Somehow he manages. He manages to get in the purses, my bag that I take to work with me every day. Many a granola bar, my lunch. Their noses are just unbelievable. We're talking things that are like sealed. They're hermetically sealed. There's no way if you smelled it, you would smell nothing. And they not only smell it, but they can also tell you if they could exactly the ingredients. How much of what of everything is in that treat, in that granola bar, in that whatever, in that brownie that's uh, sealed up in that little cellophane wrapping. So, so just know and appreciate that your dogs potentially can harm themselves or others. And I really want you to take extreme caution when you have your dogs out with you trick-or-treating or even people coming into the house. And again, make sure for those animals, the cats and dogs that you have that might bolt, that they do not have the opportunity to be sitting at the front door. So we are at that break, that first 15-minute point. So we're going to break for a second. 
When we come back, one of the things I wanted to talk about, we were going through a lot of organ systems, and we didn't get a chance to cover much of it last week, but we wanted to talk about Cushing's disease. I want to talk about Addison's disease, and that's the opposite of Cushing's. And then we're also going to talk about, at some point, we probably won't get to it today, but we want to talk about next week as one of my cats is going through it right now, and that is hyperthyroidism. The opposite of what a dog gets, which is hypo, but is hyperthyroidism. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a second here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Hi, this is Jody Miller Young from Bark and Swagger. Tune in for everything pet fashion and more. From fashion tips and runway trends, products and designs I love, to fabulous home decor for your furry friend, you'll find it all here. Be the first to discover the new. So what are you waiting for? Find me on Pet Life Radio. And remember, when fierce fashion calls, bark and swagger. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on this glorious Sunday. Uh, I want to hear from you, 877-385-8882, as you get the courage to call us or to send me a note. Tell me your horror Halloween stories about regarding your pets. I'm sure they're out there. I know they're out there because I'm the one that sees them the next morning or two days later when the animals have gotten into something, they got into the candy, or I'm upset because they didn't save any for me. So while you're sort of establishing, getting your paper out, writing this number down, 877-385-8888, or just come online and join us here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio, just PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the Ask the Vets tab, and you can just join in on our 
our conversation. So one of the things that I wanted to do, oh, wait a second. We have someone who is calling right now. Okay, so, ha, this is great. John writes, since winter's around the corner here in the east, what concerns should we look when your pet has been outside too long? My Shih Tzu will play forever outside in the snow. And I have to force her in. What should I look for signs for? Well, John, that's a great question. Something, fortunately, I don't have to worry about very much here in California. But no, absolutely. Just that as the sun is very bad for these dogs during the summer. And you need to provide shade. You need to provide ample water. In the east, where it's freezing, also these dogs need some help. Now, there's, the truth is that a healthy coat does help shield our animals from the elements. So... Like that thermos, it does keep them cooler during the summer and because it keeps their body heat cooler than the ambient temperature. And during the winter, when it's colder on the outside, it does shield them from that cold a bit. However, the smaller the dog, the greater the surface area is relative to their weight in pounds or kilograms. So, for example, we call that the meter squared value. So, therefore, a smaller dog who weighs less actually has more body surface area relative to that weight through which to lose body heat. So therefore, one thing I recommend, John, is that if it's windy, yet the wind chill factor, it's very important to keep your Shih Tzu in a, either a doghouse or through a doggy door. They'll know when they want to come inside, but at least give them that opportunity. Number two, put that sweater on. It is okay. And anyone out there who wants to laugh at those dogs with sweaters, I want you to go out in 20 below zero without a coat. And then tell me how funny it is. Because what happens is the larger dogs, they have, again, because of this meter squared uh, system, they do not lose as much of their body heat to the outside environment as the very small breeds. So when you see those little guys, the Chihuahuas and the Lost and the Shichus and the Yorkies and the Palms walking around outside with their little sweaters, that is totally fine. It's a smart idea because they do and can benefit. Another thing you can do is put little booties on them because the pads of the feet are also a major source of body heat loss to that very cold environment walking on the snow. They can get frostbite. It's very important as well to protect those feet from the snow, from the cold. And not to mention a lot of cities, what do they do on the steep streets and sidewalks to help melt the snow? They throw down salt and that too can be very irritating. So booties are another really clever, cute idea to help protect those pets from those elements. Another thing, look for sources of heated water bowls. If it gets really cold, if you're in the northeast, if you're in Canada, I mean, where it can really freeze. If you're up in the mountains, you want to also consider that if you give them water outside, that water is easily going to freeze. So you need to look for, uh, you can get these heated water bowls that will always help prevent the water from freezing. And also, if you're going to have a doghouse, it's got to be a full four-sided house with some sort of door or uh, some sort of curtain or way that protects. So when they are inside, they are protected. And again, look for either dog beds or mats that can be heated or a floor heater or something you can hang from the roof of the doghouse just to protect your pet from the cords and the heat heating elements themselves. But there are ways that you could protect your pets from the very cold weather if you live 
in areas that have very cold weather. I've been in Chicago during the winter. I was intrigued by the, what they call the habit trails, I call them the hamster trails, that every single second story of every building downtown is connected through these walkways. And I thought, I mean, come on, are people that lazy? They don't want to go outside. Well, then I was actually at a conference in the winter and I was there and I'm telling you, it was cold. And now I see, ah, now I get it. And another place, I go to a, a conference every August in Kansas City. I love Kansas City. And especially during the summer, it's great. And the Power and Light District and Plaza, and there's so many great places to go and to eat. But I was once there for a, a, a show, a trade show in February. And I realized quickly why it's not the most popular town during the winter. Because, I mean, it was ice cold. I, I thought I was going to lose my earlobes. So it's then and times and cities like that that make me appreciate that what I have here in Southern California even more. But again, if it was that cold for me, you know it's that cold for your dogs, especially the little ones, and you need to take those necessary precautions. So I want to thank John, and I wish you the best of luck and your Shih Tzu, and just make sure that your little guy or girl has the opportunity to um, let her go inside, go through a doggy door, or if you have to leave her out for whatever reason, make sure she's got a really cool doggy house with heating and four walls and a small door, etc., etc. And I'm sure she will be very, very safe during the winter and also have a great Halloween with her. Make sure she doesn't get a hold of too much stuff. And I want to thank you for, uh, for calling in. See how easy that was? That was so easy. John, you're going to send us your info to um, Pet Life Radio, to Mark at Pet Life Radio, our producer, and we'll get you out your free goodies, your ProSense pet product for your little Shih Tzu, and your Kong toy. So um, get that into us right away. So one of the things I want to see what we got, how we doing time-wise. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for the call, John, by the way, for the, for the note. And that was easy, right? So anybody, just you can do what John did. He just joined in on the conversation here at PetLifeRadio.com. So what I want to do, and I, now I'm just going to tease you because I'm not going to even start. But we just went through, over the last several weeks, symptoms that your dog might have and how many of them could present in so many different ways. Some that are, oh my God, this is serious. You got to take your dog to the, your veterinarian immediately. To others, we're saying, you know what? Even, even things like vomiting. Relax. Don't worry. It, most likely, it's nothing. When, you, when, when I hear the rest of the story, it's always important to get a thorough, thorough history. When you see your veterinarian and you brought your pet in because you're complaining about something, the better, the more complete the history you can give, the better it's going to be for your pet, the better it's going to be for you financially because you can eliminate potentially a lot of the real bad things based on your history. For example, I'll, you know, we've talked about this before, a, a vomiting dog that is still bouncing off the walls happy, can't wait for its next walk or its next meal, just doesn't bother me as much as a vomiting dog who's sitting around moping, doesn't want to eat, has a very dry mouth looks depressed, that vomiting dog bothers me. So, you know, when someone says, how do you treat or how do you approach a case? Well, God, it depends on so many different factors. So what I want to do now is go through our wonderful endocrine system. Now, this is the hormones systems. These are the glands like the pancreas, the, what we call the endocrine pancreas, like the adrenal glands, like the thyroid gland, like the um, pituitary gland in the brain, which controls a lot of these other hormones through hormones themselves or factors we call stimulating hormones. So diseases like Cushing's disease, like Addison's disease, like hypothyroidism we see in a dog, like hyperthyroidism we see in a cat, like diabetes mellitus and diabetes insipidus are all related 
to problems in our endocrine system and very similar to people. In fact, I always laugh when I'm, I make a diagnosis of something in a dog, let's say Addison's or let's say, you know, diabetes, and the owner starts talking, oh my God, I have Addison's, I have Cushing's, I have diabetes. And how many times I see owners having the same diseases that their pets do. It's more than just coincidental. Don't even ask me how or why, but it just, I see it a lot. So anyway, we're going to start next week. We're going to talk about the pituitary and the adrenal glands, the hypersecretion we call Cushing's disease and Cushing's syndrome. We'll explain the difference. And also Addison's disease, which is a low secretion of the adrenal glands and what the symptoms are, what can be done to treat, how the diagnoses are made, etc. So when Hopefully, you'll get a better understanding of these conditions. So when you take your pet in and you get this diagnosis, you'll have a much better feel for what happened, what went wrong, and what we can do to treat it and how successful we can be in treating your pets. So I want to thank you all for joining me here on this lovely Sunday here on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber. We will be back next week. Hope you have a very, very safe Halloween. Keep your pets safe. And please try to get a hold of us here on Pet Life Radio whenever you can. That's just Dr. Jeff, DR Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>